Hey guys, it's Liz, and you are listening to Dear Younger Me, Love Me, where we give people the chance to write a letter to their younger selves in hopes that we can learn a little bit from their lives. Hey guys, welcome to Dear Younger Me, Love Me, and we are here today with Brooke Richardson. We're here via Zoom because I'm in quarantine, <laughs> and so Brooke is joining us from her from her room at Huntington University, and I am in my basement, and we are not together, which I'm super sad about because I was looking forward to recording with you today, but such is life and times of coronavirus. But Brooke is a senior at Huntington University. She is a history education major, a future campus life director, in my opinion, and, <laughs> and an Enneagram 7. I have known Brooke since she was in like 7th or 8th grade. And I have grown, I've watched Brooke grow up and become this wonderful human being that she is today. And I'm so thankful for the life lessons that she's learned and for the experiences that she and I have had together. She was my intern last year with Campus Life and did an incredible job. And hence why I said future Campus Life director. So, <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, Brooke, you you have had quite the journey in your spiritual life, right? Like you grew oh, up sure. in a, you grew up in a great family and, and all that, but you struggled with making your own choices, right? Um, so will yeah. you share a little bit about that whole journey that you've had? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I kind of want to take this back to high school a little bit, just to give you some context. Um, so when I was in high school, I had a ton of like people that I just looked up to. Like, you know, when you're an underclassman and there's like a junior or senior and they're super cool. And so you kind of just take everything that they say, um, almost as the gospel, which is a completely like other journey that I've been on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I remember specifically there was one person and they had told me, um, yeah, like I love Jesus. But also, I really love to party, and there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And so that had, like, always been in the back of my mind. And so when you combine that with my personality, um, as you said, I'm an Enneagram 7, and I am, I'm a dreamer, and I'm very passionate, and I really have a fear of missing out. Like, that is, like, it's a big thing. <laughs> and, the deep FOMO. Um, the deep FOMO, right? Um, and I also really, really value, like, my independence and freedom. So that's kind of the background, right? Um, and because of the things that happened in college and because of that like setup, I went into my freshman year of college. Um, and I don't know if you guys have listened to Adriana's um, podcast, which is the one just before this, but she was talking about how she partied in college or like her freshman year. And I did too, but I think I was doing it for a different reason. So like similar to her, I was like living a double life. <laughs> um, so I was literally Hannah Montana, everybody. <laughs> like <mildly laughs> during the day, <laughs> like I would go to church. I was like a volunteer, like all my professors loved me, like all adults loved me. Um, I knew exactly what to say in small groups, um, et cetera. Right. But then, and there's only like a few people who know the extent of what my other life was um, because I was so scared of like blending my reputations. Like I was so nervous about it. And so there's only a few people who know the extent of my like wild side and my boy crazy side and my going out and partying side. 
And um, so I was like in this cycle for like a huge section of my freshman year where I would just like live for like the weekends and I would go through the week and then I would, I like could not wait for the weekends because this was my idea of what freedom was, right? Like I'm not under control of my parents anymore. Like I can go out and do whatever, blah, 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 blah. To most people, it looked like um, from my Miley side, right? That I was having the best freshman year ever. Uh, I was living life. I was thriving. Um, but on the inside, like I was really struggling and it was exhausting, like trying to keep up that reputation and it was challenging and it was like very mentally draining trying to keep up both lives. And I had no intentions of stopping. I really did not until I went to YFC camp, which is, um, right. So that is, um, basically the summer camp that campus life goes to. Um, and I was a leader. Okay. I was a leader counselor at this YFC camp and Liz, shout out to you, um, yep, had yep. found out about my double life. It had come out and I don't think I had ever actually had like an honest conversation or somebody being like super honest with me and calling me out before. And Liz brutally was so brutally honest with me and told me like, Brooke, you cannot do this. Like you are a leader. Like you have all of these um, people looking up to you. And if they found out that you were like partying, like you influence so many people, you can't do this. And I was devastated, actually devastated. I got defensive. I was like, no, this is not me. Like whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you did, girl. Horrible. I was like so bruised after that. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a terrible. I felt so shameful, honestly. I really did. And so even like for weeks after this, I just felt like very, very sore. Um, but honestly, like God knew what he was doing at that moment because that is the only thing that broke my cycle. Mm. Like I, I don't think anything else could have changed like me going out on the weekends until you called me out until my darkness came to light. Yeah. And that's because you were like hiding everything. Like, Mm -hmm. and you had this perfectly crafted like image and perfectly crafted like way you wanted people to see you. And then all of a sudden that like crashed because because I called you out on all of the stuff that you were, (laughs) that you were living. Oh, absolutely. And honestly, like after that, it was hard. It was so hard. <laughs> like I remember how I told you that I have FOMO. So mm-hmm. when people stopped like inviting me to things, like that was hard for me. Or when people stopped like hanging out with me, that was really hard for me. Um, and uh, the thing is, I like stopped hanging out with these people, but I had so many other relationships that I had like damaged. And so that was hard. And it just like literally took so much time years. I'm talking years for people to like trust me and to build up my like reputation again um, yeah. once that came to light. But like it was so worth it, right? Yeah. <laughs> what were some of the ways that you had to reconcile some of your actions that you had taken when you you kind of wanted to change and you were like, you're right, I can't keep living like this. So what are what are some of the ways you had to reconcile some of those relationships that you just said were damaged and hurt? and that you broke trust with? Right. So there's actually a lot of them, (laughs) but I had felt like there were so many people who have like deeply cared about me and who were rooting for me. And I was so 
caught up in this idea of living my life with freedom and independence that I had become super, super selfish. And it was like super warped on what that meant. And I just remember there's so many different times. Um, but I remember my sister, it was over Christmas break, I think. And she said, Brooke, I am scared for you. Mom and dad are scared for you. Like, do you know how hard that is to hear, you know, (laughs) or my best friend and like roommate on campus said, she would just beg me. She said, Brooke, just like, don't go out. Just stay with me this weekend. Like, don't. But I, I just had it in my mind that like, no, this is independence. Like, this is freedom. And I really, really hurt her. And my mentors who had poured into me, like all of high school, you, I have like disappointed you. And that was like so hard to hear when it all came back to reality, you know? And so it took a lot of time, like proving myself again. And it, that's what it does. It's just like time. and your actions have to match your words, you Mm -hmm. know? And so if I'm telling you, like, I promise I'm not going to do it. Like I actually have to do it. And so, and also once I left the party scene, it wasn't like anybody of them, like none of them cared. They didn't care if I was there or not. And so it just, it was very evident who actually cared about me that entire time and who did it and what was like lasting relationships and what, um, who were people that could actually stand with me during like really hard times and who Mm. weren't. Um, And so that's the community that I wanted to build myself around. And so in order to do that, I had to learn how to be a better friend, how to be a better daughter, how to be a better sister, how to be a better leader, how to be like all these different things. And I had to literally reconstruct everything um, as far as that goes. Yeah, man. How, how did you feel about yourself during all of that? Oh, Oh my gosh. Well, like right after I, I just felt so shameful, like honestly, and I felt so guilty and I, I just wanted to like fix things right now. Like I just want everything to get better right now. And that is just like, was not the case. And so I had to go through this huge journey and God was teaching me so much during that time, but I had to go through this journey of realizing that I'm super prideful, you know, and humbling myself and saying, no, like what you think is best for you actually isn't like, what does God think is best for you? Like God has your best intentions for you, not Mm. like anybody else, like, et cetera. Um, And honestly, I'm very, yeah, (laughs) I'm very proud of how far I've come because I've even had people who like partied with me my freshman year and they're like, wow, Brooke, like, yeah, they comment on how much I, how far I've come. And yeah. I'm like, wow, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. God Here is working. Are. God is working in me. <laughs> literally, literally. Like, so you came back from camp. Right. After I called you out and you were bruised mm-hmm. and sore. What, yeah. what are some of the steps that you took right afterwards to help turn the corner for yourself? That is a good question. I remember, I wish I had my journal with me because oh, I journaled. <laughs> yeah, like, that was like in the brunt of things, you know. Um, but I made a list of different things, like a change list, basically, of things that I wanted to put in place to make sure that I wouldn't do it again. And some of that included okay, when, like, don't sit with these people at lunch, because that's all they talk about. They only talk about what happened on the weekend. And if you're not involved, then you feel like left out. And so that's like one example. Another one was like apologizing to all of my people um, that I had deeply hurt. Definitely (laughs) relied on God a lot because I felt so guilty and I didn't know what else to do. Like I couldn't, (laughs) I couldn't change anything except just my actions. And so I, I really prayed a lot about that. And God is transforming. He literally transformed my life. And yeah, I had to lean really heavy on him. 
otherwise I could not have done that by myself. Yeah. And I surrounded myself with people who really supported me in that. So mm. I, I love it that you talked about, like you even had to make the small change of stop of not sitting with those people at lunch because you knew what, even what they were talking about would tempt you or make you feel what you didn't want to feel or, or anything like that. And so mm-hmm. like, I love it because like in the Bible, it talks about like, if your left arm is sinning, you have to cut it off. And so I think sometimes we are like, well, I'll just stop doing it on the weekends and then it'll be fine. Right. And, but we don't like do, we don't do the drastic things of, okay, I unfortunately, because of the mess that I made for myself, I have to avoid these people right now because I know I can't handle them. Um, right. Not because mm-hmm. of them as people, but because of what I'm trying to change in my life. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes we miss that part of the like, okay, I want to change. And I hear students all the time, like you do too, saying like, okay, yeah, I want to change. I want to I wanna be different. I want this. I want this. But they make no physical changes in their life. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's so hard to to do any of that and to actually change. I also love it that you, even before that, talked about when when you decided to leave that scene and to not have that in your life anymore, it turns out that they really didn't care if you were there or not. You probably, like when you were in it, you thought, man, I have such great friends. Like, man, this is so much fun with all of them. But like afterwards you kind of realized that those relationships were surface level and that really in that kind of scene, a lot of times, not all, not every time, but a lot of times they're just there, like don't care who's there, who's not, they're there to do what they want to do, you know? Um, and so like, you don't really matter that much in, in, in those things. And so how did you feel realizing all of that? I don't know what to say other than shame. Like mm. I literally felt shameful and I felt alone during those times. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, those were like the two main things that I felt. And I know that I've said that over and over again, but for real. Like, but like that deep aloneness that you felt is like the, I think a big root of a lot of reasons why people are driven to those kind of things is because when you don't have it around you, you just feel lonely. Like when Mm -hmm. you don't have a plan every single weekend to go Mm -hmm. and party and go do these like really high energy things, right? feel empty and alone when, when you Mm -hmm. leave that. So what are, what are some things that kept you from going back? Honestly, (laughs) when you called me out for being a leader and then living by a different standard and being almost like a hypocrite, that really stung because literally my mentor in high school or the person who I looked up to so much had told me that it was okay. And look at where I was at now, you know, look at, I'm hurting. (laughs) Like I don't feel good right now. I'm ashamed. Like I literally have just wrecked all of my relationships. Like I have no sense of who I am, like, et cetera. And I do not want to be that person for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so honestly, what has kept me (laughs) like keeping on this path of, um, like not going out and trying to live like a holier life and trying to live by a higher standard is literally campus life and Mm. my girls um, and trying to set a good example for them. That is 
my main motivator, honestly, because I care so deeply about them and I care so deeply about their well-being. And mm. yeah. Yeah. Cause in the Bible, it talks about how not everybody can be a teacher, a preacher, or like somebody who's in front of other people because they are held to a higher standard to live a life that is, um, displaying Jesus in everything that we do, you know? And so that is a really important thing. Okay. So that was just the summer after your freshman year. I know this because I was there. Uh, what, what changed in you after that? I didn't get my worth from going out. I did not get my worth from my reputation of being fun. I did not get my worth from um, how many guys I could get. Like th that wasn't my worth anymore. My worth was instead in God. I cared more about like the people who cared more about me. I cared. Yeah. I cared more about my relationships and I took school more seriously. I took all these other things that could have provided me opportunities to like glorify God, you know, and to further his kingdom. Like that's what I focused on more than mm. going out on the weekends. It was very humbling. Mm. <laughs> it was very humbling. You shifted your focus. You, instead of focusing on what was fun, instead of focusing on this freedom that you thought you had, the, instead of focusing on the instant gratification, you shifted your focus to mm -hmm. something eternal, something um, that fills you up more, and you shifted it to things that were more worthwhile for the long run. And I think that's a huge sign of maturity and growth is when we shift our focus from what we want right now to what's better for us later. Right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so you talked a lot about freedom and you thought you had freedom and you were wrong and, and all of that. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> what is the difference between the freedom you thought you had to the freedom you have now? So the freedom that I thought I had was honestly dragging me down so much. It was, I was literally like when they talk about the song cliche, oh, slave to sin and all this stuff. No, that's a thing. That yeah. is actually a thing. And it's not just with like partying and guys like, no, it is to your schedule. Like you can be a slave to pornography. Like you can be a slave to gossiping. You can be a slave to like all these different things. And so God like literally gave me life to the fullest. Okay. And he gives life to the fullest. And there's something really freeing knowing that I do not have to find my worth in like if I go out or I don't have to find my worth in guys. And it's freeing to know that like I don't have to constantly be worrying about getting caught or people finding out my other side. And it's freeing to know that I'm able to do some really amazing things as a mentor and being able to like lead so many other clubs and different things because that's not consuming my thoughts, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's something so freeing, not having drama. Like I literally just had so much drama and chaos in my life. And now my life is so boring, but it's okay. It's like not boring though. That's the thing. I thought it was going to be boring and it's not, but there's just way less drama and I'm not having as many regrets, you know? And I think it's freeing knowing that like God has my best interest in mind. Like people do not, but God does. And I'm living for God who literally fills and sustains that hole in my heart, that emptiness that was in my heart. I have a God who heals me rather than distract, like distracting me from my pain for like a weekend, you know? Mm -hmm. Like there's just so many, so many things that God does. And yeah, it's great. Yeah, it is great, isn't it? It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there was a huge difference in uh, 
in what you thought about Jesus too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what was some of that difference? Oh in, my gosh. In that. I never knew what it was like to live a God-centered life. Never knew. I literally had, I don't know, like waffled it. <laughs> like mm. I put him in different compartments and I just like didn't let him like take over that part of my life. And I was very prideful. I told you that. Like I'm very I was very prideful and said, okay, I'm going to handle this. Like I'll do my devotions in the morning. Like I'll lead this group, but I had put God in a different compartment than all of those other things. And so what, like I've learned that like God one has my best interest in mind, right? Two, he's consistent even when we're not. And he's very, very patient, um, which I am so thankful for because I am all over the place sometimes. And I was all over the place back then. Um, three, he, is not like a God who shames us at all. And he's more of the God that's like, I don't care how far you run, just come home. Like Mm -hmm. that's the kind of God that he is. And he's also a guy that says, listen, I know that it's going to be hard, but also I have something so much better in store for you. um, That's like way more rewarding. So Mm -hmm. take this journey with me, you know? God is literally amazing. I love him so much. I'm such an advocate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you are. And I have seen such a huge transformation in you from when you were living then to now. You are such a passionate person and you are now channeling that passion to something that changes lives, to something that is so much bigger than just the little temporary things in life that we focus on. And it is so cool to watch God transform your heart and to, to work through you in all of that so much that I wanted you to be my intern last year. And just all of these things where it's like, man, this girl can be a campus life director one day. This girl can change, <laughs> can change some lives. And the only thing that is that difference for you in that is that now you're focused on Jesus. And now you're focused on all that. I remember so many times where you like texted me something or you, when we were meeting and you like brought me this paper and you were like, Liz, Jesus taught me this today. And it was so <laughs> awesome. And I was like, I know it's so great. Isn't oh my it? gosh. I get so good. So people. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so <laughs> it's so good. And, and, and God created you with that joy and with that excitement. And I love it now that you're channeling that to him. And he smiles so big when he thinks of you. During all of that time, what are some verses or did you have a song or, or something from scripture that really helped sustain you or, or keep you on track during that time? So I definitely was craving something that was very short term. Um, and there's a verse um, in Ecclesiastes and it's a Ecclesiastes like 114 and it's written by King Solomon who was literally a king. He had everything that he ever wanted and he partied and he had all the women and he did all of these different things. And at the end of his life, he said, I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless chasing mm. after the wind. And Literally, I think about chasing after the wind. You can never catch it. You are never full. You are never satisfied. And it's, it's exhausting because you're like chasing after something that isn't con- like constant, that isn't full, that isn't real, you know? And so when I'm chasing after boys or when I'm chasing after like these parties, right? Like I'm just chasing after something that's not going to fill me. And I was craving so badly like that hole in my heart. 
And um, another verse that goes along with that is I just wanted to live my life, right? Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I just wanted to live my life. And then um, in John 10, 10, it says, the thief comes to only steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have life to the fullest. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, God doesn't want me to be boring. Like I'm not boring. (laughs) All these different things. And I was afraid afraid that that's what it was going to be. But no, he wants me to do huge things. He wants me to change lives. Like he wants me to like learn from other people and experience all these different things. He wants me to have a life and he wants me to have joy and happiness and not feel empty. And that was like never his intention for me not to. So I think I just really honestly had to shift my mindset to no God's intentions are like awesome. Like they, mm-hmm. he wants me to like thrive. And stuff, yeah. So. It is yeah. such a huge difference. Like from on Sunday night after you finished a weekend of partying, what you felt then to what you feel now of the like fullness of all of that. When we chase after this freedom that the world says, this freedom that media talks about, this freedom that everybody else is is doing, it leaves us feeling emptier. I have not talked to one person who is like, you know what? After a weekend of partying, I felt so much better about my life. (laughs) Preach. Absolutely. (laughs) Right? Like, not that. But after some time with Jesus, man, do you feel filled up? And you don't have to hide things anymore. You don't have to keep things in darkness. You don't have to do anything. You have freedom to live your life to the fullest without chasing after the wind and without chasing after things that are meaningless. And that, you know, 20 years from now, you're not going to be so thankful that you spent that weekend partying. You're going to be so thankful that you spent that time with Jesus and that you grew in your faith and that God taught you things and you changed lives. You impacted other people. And so, And that's so true that freedom is so construed here in this time that like we have such a false vision of what that really is to the freedom that God has for us. Mm -hmm. The song that keeps popping to my head is the song Freedom by Jesus Culture. And it says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that's taken from a verse right out of scripture where they're just talking about like where God is, that's when you feel true freedom. That's when you can really understand that you are not held in chains by obligations, by your sin patterns, by the hurt that other people have caused you and by the hurt you've caused yourself. Like God provides freedom from all of that Mm. through grace and through his love. Mm. And that's what true freedom really is. It's awesome. Each. Oh my gosh, that was so good. That was so good. <laughs> okay, so right now, Brooke, I would love to give you a chance to read your letter to your younger self. Dear younger me, God has given you the gift of loving life. He gives you the gift of excitement and freedom and independence. Your pride is going to tell you to use those gifts for you, not for God. Doors will open with boys and partying. It may be fun in the moment, but their effects are long-lasting. You will only go on for so long before you feel exhausted, broken, and empty. When this happens, remind yourself of these truths. God is a healer when we feel broken. God is our refuge when we feel ashamed. God is a provider when we need new friends. God gives us hope when we feel like there's nothing left to hope for. God redeems when it feels like your reputation is in the trash. God takes every bad situation and turns it good. 
I know that you like quick results, but this is a journey. Yes, you'll lose friends. Yes, you won't be invited to things. Yes, people will talk about you. Yes, you will be tempted. Yes, you will have lots to work through. Although it hurts, use this time to humble yourself, to learn, to fix relationships by being the friend, daughter, or leader you want to be. It'll be hard, and yes, you may stumble and fall, but don't let that discourage you. God is using these times to prepare you. He has something so much better in store. He has your best interest in mind. Brooke Richardson, you also said that you didn't want an average life girl. Let God use your gifts in a way that you never thought possible. Okay, go make a difference. XOXO. Love me. That was a very um, exciting ending. <laughs> I know that's like, I would respond to that if it was. Oh yeah. Me. That sounded <laughs> sure. just like you for sure. I, I love that you just went through the list of like, you know what? You're going to experience this. You're going to experience this. You're going to experience this. But Jesus is so much better than all Mm -hmm. of those things. And just listing out that stuff to just reaffirm the choices that you've made in life and the direction that you've chosen. Mm -hmm. So how did it feel thinking through that and and writing that? Um, Honestly, it was encouraging. Like, honestly, like looking back, sometimes it's very good to reflect and see how far you've come. And this was an awesome reflection time. And I was thinking about what would I say to myself if I was like a student? Like, what would I say to myself if I was sitting across from the table and just like talking to me, you know? And I think sometimes it's just a good reminder of, yeah, it's going to be hard, but like push through, you know? And I don't know. It it was refreshing. It was good. Mm -hmm. And I still have a lot to Lots to go, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So somebody who is in your spot that you were, who wants right. that freedom, but wants it in a way that will actually cause more chains and more heaviness in their life, um, who's, who's searching for something that they will never catch, chasing the wind. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. they're struggling with partying. Maybe they're struggling with chasing after guys. Maybe they're struggling with all of the above or girls. Right. Um, what are... What are, what's some advice that you have for someone in that spot? Changing isn't easy. Mm. It's not, but it's definitely worth it. And God isn't somebody who's going to shame you and you're not too far gone. Like God wants you to come running back to him and it's going to be so hard, literally so hard. But also the things that God will do to you, do with you, um, is going to be worth so much more and you're going to find peace and fulfillment and a community um, like you've never experienced before. And it's going to be awesome. Hmm. And I just really want people to understand. Like I literally just want people to have this. Like, so yeah. <laughs> I know girl. Um, so yeah. You talked about but, community yeah. and I think that was a really big part of your journey is that you oh. found people to help hold you accountable. You asked, Mm -hmm. you asked me to text you and like hold you accountable and to ask. You asked like other people in your life to hold you accountable. And I think that's a huge part of wanting to um, grow and change is to have authentic community in your life. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. And you didn't even have that right away. You had to build up to some of that too. Right. Oh, for sure. I definitely had to like repair some of my relationships in that process. But yes, I do. I do now have an awesome community that really keeps me accountable and pushes me in my faith, which is awesome. 
Brooke, I am so thankful for you. I, I love you so very much. You are so near and dear to my heart and I have loved watching God transform you into this incredible woman of God that you are today. And I know that you are doing your very best to run as hard as you can after Jesus. Mm -hmm. And you may stumble and fall and scrape your knees here and there, but I know you're always going to get back up again and you're always going to keep going. And uh, I am so thankful that you are a leader with Campus Life, but that I have um, had the privilege of being in your life and being one of your spiritual mentors and just life mentors. And I, I feel, I count it a, a blessing to, to have you in my life. And so I'm so thankful for you and I'm thankful for your journey and for your story. So nice. I'm so <laughs> thankful for you too. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Well, everyone at home, thank you so much for listening today. I am, I'm so thankful for this time that we have together, even if it's over Zoom and I'm in quarantine, uh, <laughs> that we can still do this and still have technology to do it. And so uh, make sure you guys like this on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. You can follow us. You can really listen to us wherever podcasts are found. Um, we have a Facebook page. You can go and like that. And you can follow the hashtag on Instagram, Dear Younger Me, Love Me, to stay connected. And um, everyone at home, I hope you learned a little bit more about Brooke today, a little bit more about yourself, and a lot more about God. Thanks for listening.